Welcome to Somebody Date Jen and Kyle, the podcast where two people pursue and try and succumb to love. I am Jennifer Sanford. This is Kyle Marshall. And we're two people totally unqualified to talk about these things. But here we are on Friday night with a podcast. Still continue to do it. Hey, Kyle, you're looking good. Let's talk about the relationship scorecard. Kyle, a little bit of a tough loss for you last week. It didn't <laughs> didn't work out. Didn't work out with, uh, with a guy you really liked. Where are you at with it today? So I will do the whole hockey player thing. It's like, you know, I went out there and, you know, I gave him that 110% and, uh, it's a team sport, team sport and everything out there. And it all comes down to like who wanted it more out there on the ice, (laughs) who wanted it more out there on the ice, but it sounds of it was depression. So that's where I'm at (laughs) this week. Uh, I mean, I guess partly because of a relationship that just completely stalled out and just didn't progress the way that I hoped it would, but also... You know, just the struggles of being a human in the year 2021 have kind of punched me in the face. So let's do a podcast, Jan. (laughs) (laughs) No, no. Listen, uh, you know, I think you got to be authentic. For those of you who are just listening to the voice of Kyle Marshall, whether it be on this podcast or on his other podcasts, which we don't talk about those because I'm not on them. You know, Kyle Marshall is a good looking man. He's chipper. He's tall. He's Mm. strong. He's funny. He's all those great things that you want in a friend application pending. Mm -hmm. What is going on with you, Kyle? You just seem unspeakably sad (laughs) this week. Yeah, I mean, uh, there, there's part of the environmental change as the you know daylight savings time came into effect here a few weeks ago, and now it gets dark at like 4 p.m. here in Calgary, which always drives me nuts. <laughs> I just don't deal well with that. And then the other thing, besides there like, being like the relationship stuff, there's like career stuff that just seems to be stalling out. We'll see if this makes the uh, the cut of the episode or not. I am like completely and utterly broke right now. So it's, it's just been not a great <sighs> uh, few days as I, you know, wither away into an existential crisis. Okay, listen, my grandmother used to say, like when things are going really bad, just put on a little lipstick and it'll get better. And while I deeply love that woman, uh-huh. that was terrible advice. So <laughs> let me just ask you, Kyle, what's one thing I can do to help you? Well, if you have an extra million dollars laying around now, it wouldn't uh, wouldn't be a bad thing for me. Oh God, we need sponsors. We need some. Actually, that is kind of the big thing. On this is I, because I hate free time. I do have like four or five podcasts on the go for all my various interests. I want within the next six months to have an event where I get to do a live podcast in front of a crowd. That is what I want. Now, is that going to help me pay for my mortgage here in the next week? Probably not. But still, within the next six months, I want to be on stage in front of, of, of course, a fawning and adoring public as I'm, you know. Obviously. Everyone is there. But that is what I want. That is what I want to have happen within the next six months. Well, you heard it here first. Mm-hmm. What do they say? Create an affirmation That's right. and the universe will provide. I worked at a bookstore when The Secret was like the biggest book in the world. So it's just that. Yes. Speak your truth out into the world and make it happen. Right. And I didn't read The Secret, but it was just the perfect size to use it to help to even out my uneven desk on my... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, it propped up the one corner for months. So if that was the secret for me, then I guess it that was its destiny fulfilled. Yeah. Okay. Coming apart at the seams. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. I, and I really, I really feel that way. But is there anything on the relationship front? I downloaded Hinge. So I'm going to try Hinge <gasty> instead. Because apparently there's Not a better a like close rate or something like that. And I've been reading up on the uh, 
oh, I forget her name now, the CEO of Hinge, and she's a fascinating person. <laughs> so, mm. yeah. She, she Obviously wants, not that fascinating. Well, no, she created, she created Hinge, and this, this is their little tagline anyways, it's the, it's the dating app they want you to delete off of your phone, like that is their sales pitch, but she's like so on like, we want people not to be using their phones so much, like don't use social media, like she is all about like, this is what they're good at doing, and then get off of the app as quickly as possible, so. I love that, yeah. I love it. Our vision is to be irrelevant. So Jen, to turn the tables... How is your scorecard going? Is it a bingo or or what? <laughs> well, I think I'm getting close to a, to a row or something. Mm-hmm. As you know, I've I've been dating this. I've been going. I'm not dating. I've been going on dates going with steady. a man who looks straight. <laughs> That's what he's going to ask me the Sadie Hawkins dance yeah. on Friday. No, I've been going on dates with a man who looks strikingly like Jesus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Pause for sound effect. Yeah, yeah. And I have already hit my first hurdle oh which is well it's what we're going to talk about this week so Mm. this is my big pitch and for those of you who really want to peel behind the curtain you'll know that we were supposed to talk about something totally different and i sent an email to kyle today and was like i have to change the topic because this is kind of pressing this is on my on my mind and on my heart so forgive kyle as he as he comes along with this narrative journey that we're (laughs) on tonight but i've i've been asked that question that you know, you fear having to ask and you fear having to answer in a relationship. And of course, that question is, do you like fish? I don't know. What? <laughs> <laughs> I just want to know what you're going to say there. Of course, that question is, uh, tell me about your ex mm. or how did your last relationship end? I've really been thinking about this because, you know, as our faithful listeners know, this podcast started really in the shadow of my last long term relationship ending. And now I'm 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 kind of interested in this new person and I'm dogged by this issue of what do I say when asked how my last relationship ended? And I realize that I'm super I'm super fraudulent in a bunch of facets here. I'm not just fraudulent in what I might say to Jesus. I'm also fr- Jesus the man I'm dating, not Jesus like the Jesus upstairs. Our Lord and Savior, yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. But like, what do I really say to my friends and family? Because I've been, I like, as you know, I'm like a super private person, despite me having a podcast about my real time dating adventures. And I'm kind of just starting to feel like a bit of a fraud. So walk me through this stream of conscience. I, I. See, like, I can't even, I don't even know where to start. Okay, hold, here it is. So there's this great expression that says, you know, the truth shall set you free, right? Mm-hmm, Speaking mm-hmm. of Jesus, that, that term Bible, itself right? actually comes from the Bible. Yeah, from John something something. And the English translation to that is, and ye shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. And it's such an iconic saying that it's carved into the building of, of the CIA in the United States. And it's even car- carved into the door of my alma mater at Johns Hopkins. So it's not like the, the idea hasn't sort of been in my face here, there and everywhere. If the end of a relationship or the purpose of a relationship is ultimately about the power of learning, we have a relationship, it ends, we're supposed to learn something. Do you have to learn? This is my, I feel like Carrie Bradshaw now. Do you have to learn a lesson before you can move on? And can you move on without sharing and letting that lesson come to light? And so here's the challenge that I have is that this new person has dropped into my life. Mm -hmm. And I'm very interested in what that new person may or may have to offer. It could be, he could be in my life for a reason or a season or neither. I don't know. But I find myself almost not telling the truth about how my relationship ended 
because I'm trying to, I don't know, shield myself, shield him, trying to follow, you know, conventions. But he certainly asked on more than one occasion, like you were with this person for almost nine years. Like what happened? I'm just dodging it left and right. The thing I'm struggling with is, do I let the truth out? And can I move forward in this new relationship until the truth of my old relationship comes out? Well, I guess my rebuttal to that is, what, what do you mean by the truth of the relationship? Like, what is it that you have not been upfront about in this new relationship? You know, when, and I'll just broaden it and then I'll yeah, talk yeah, yeah. about my own. But I think when relationships end, we have a tendency to say like, oh, um, you know, we just grew apart or we wanted different things. Irreconcilable we, differences. That it's irreconcilable yeah. differences. We, we give it like this little like frosting, this little, this little, you know, crumb coating veneer on what really happened while inside of ourselves we're like, you know, screaming and, and, and trying to process all these emotions. But I, I really do feel like two there are two types of people that exist in a breakup. There's the people who tell everybody and I hate those people. I think they're bona fide assholes, honestly. They tell everybody and anybody that will every little detail of what happened, even when that audience does not give one shit about what happened. Yeah, it's like the epitome of, ma'am, this is a Wendy's. Like, we, <laughs> we don't need to hear this. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And But then there's also this sliver of people of which I'm realizing I'm a part of, which just keeps it all inside, you know, is self-deprecating and does all of those things because they're conscious that they don't want to be that other type of person. But aside from that, like, I'm I'm now on the precipice of wondering this question of, can I truly move forward? If the real truth of what happened has not come out. Yeah, I guess what I'm super struggling with here and with this question, to bluntly answer the question that you're posing here. No, I don't think you have under any obligation to share with a new partner anything about the previous relationship with the huge, huge asterisks next to that. It's like unless there is something like so foundationally important for them to know, like. Uh, this person has a restraining order or like this. We have children, of course, with each other or like they were super violent. Here are the like, following venereal diseases I've correct, contracted yeah. from that person that you now have. Yeah. Um, like barring that, I don't think it's any of their business. Like you're in a relationship with them. So work on that relationship with that person. But that's my blunt feelings about it. On the on the flip side, I can I'm simultaneously feeling like if it's something that you feel like I am compelled to tell this other person because it's important to me and you feel like you are pushing it down only to save their feelings about something that I am totally on board with those people say, well, this, you do have to let that out and you do have to bring them into that journey with you. Like, this is how I'm feeling. This is why I'm so nervous about this. But uh, to be like armchair therapist at this moment, I feel that there's probably a little tinge of um, embarrassment or shame that's associated with the end of this relationship. And you think, that by revealing that you are bringing shame into this relationship. That's my well, armchair psychiatrist. And you're, and you're bang on. Mm -hmm. I'm, I agree with everything you said. And for the, for the challenge that I have is that I'm banging against the rock and the hard place. The rock is that I'm worried that there's going to be a moment in our relationship where something's going to happen and I'm going to react in a way that feels unusual. That if, if this new person kind of had context as to why that might be a deal breaker that situation has a better chance of being avoided, mm -hmm. right? And then on the other side, you're absolutely right. I am fundamentally and functionally humiliated by the 
the end of my last relationship and what happened. And I worry that if I say it, I say it, if I talk about it, then this person will think, oh, like she has no self-respect for herself. Mm -hmm. Or I can get away with the same. Like, wow, that's how poorly she was treated. I didn't think she would tolerate that. Maybe she'll tolerate it for me. Like, I just worry about like where it fits in. Like for those of you listening at home, because I hate podcasts that do this, right? They talk in circles and people Mm -hmm. are like, well, just say what happened. Poor Kyle has had to edit out parts (laughs) of me talking about my previous relationship in other episodes because I just can't figure out how to reconcile it. But for those of you listening who are wondering sort of the genesis of what happened, I will offer this. I have never understood why people cannot be faithful in a relationship. And I have never understood why people can put up with it until you find yourself in it. And then you're like, well, this is a nightmare. And there was so many moments in my last relationship where I fundamentally believed that my partner believed that monogamy was a type of wood. And it was so humiliating and so frustrating to be in a relationship with a person who is fundamentally not capable of telling me the truth and fundamentally not capable of being faithful to me, despite the fact I was both of those things for nine entire years. And there were so many moments where it should have just been over, where I said, I will, I will not tolerate this. I will not tolerate this. So now this new person is walking into my life with great intentionality, right? Great intentionality. And I am like a scared fucking bird. I'm like a terrified bird. And every time something happens that it seems like I might be hurt, I just cower. I cower. And this poor person is like, there is something else that is going on here. There's something else that's going on here. But if I expose all of these things, all of these things that, that, that happened in my previous relationship, I'm worried he will look at me and say, oh my God, if you can tolerate that, then I'm going to be way meaner to you because you're, you'll put up with it. You'll put up with it. You have no self-respect and they'll respect me less. And that will be awful. That will be worse. And and the thing is like a Pandora's box. Once you say it, you can't take it back. This is not eternal sunshine of the spotless mind. I can't, there's no technology that will help. Once it's out there, it's out there forever. And yet I worry that if I keep it in, that I will never really get to the other side of what could be a new relationship and real joy. Mm -hmm. I feel so frustrated. And what's even more frustrating is that on top of all of this, I did not create this environment. I was literally a victim within this, with this environment. And you know how much I hate using that word. Mm -hmm. I don't know, man. So I've just been thinking, I've just been marinating on this mantra of will the truth actually set you free? Can you really truly move on into a new relationship until the truth of how your old relationship really ended comes out? I feel like there's this unique thing when every new relationship starts where you don't want to replicate the negatives of the previous relationship into the new one. And so you almost are walking on eggshells the entire time because it's like, ooh, anything that I do here is going to have this gigantic impact days, weeks, months into the future with this. It it really is. I'll use the example of my mom who... There was this one winter where we were driving down the highway and this huge semi was coming towards us and they had freshly sanded the roads and it picked up this really large rock and threw it at the car window and it shattered the front window. And ever since that time, 
whenever I'm like riding and she's driving, if there's a semi coming towards us, she literally like cow like she turns to the right. She doesn't even look at the road for like those five seconds because she thinks there's going to be that new rock that gets flipped up. Me- meanwhile, I'm terrified because I think we're going to hit the dish because she's not looking at the road anymore. But uh, <laughs> but I think it was the same thing in that relationship. Like you're so worried about this rock being thrown at you that you're not worrying about the new destination in front of you. It's mental models, right? When you get a mental model in your mind, people actually study this in disasters, right? When they, when someone has experienced like an earthquake, then anytime they hear a sound or feel any type of shaking, their mental model is like, this is an earthquake. This is a Mm -hmm. danger to me. It's how we register danger differently. And I have to just say that I'm trying very hard to be like a charming, you know, I'm trying to be hard to be Jen, Mm -hmm. charming and kind and brave and bold and, you know, self-assured. I'm trying to be all those things, but oh my God, I'm struggling. I'm struggling. I'm struggling. And I feel also like I'm not being honest because when he says like, you know, what happened in your last relationship? I'm just like, oh, you know, and I feel like what I'm saying is a lie. Uh, like we yeah. grew apart. We're not, you know, we. and instead I just want to just scream to the rooftops how how poorly it was and how awful it was and how much I'm terrified that I'm going to create that same environment once again. You know, my favorite expression, right, is that a lesson is repeated until it is learned. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I'm just terrified that I will have to be like, what hell loop am I in that I'm going to have to repeat it? I just truly don't feel that getting into like every specific detail of your previous relationship is something that needs to be brought into a new one. I think you can keep it as like high level as you need or want it to be which is, this is the stuff that happened that I hated. This is why, why, quote unquote, the relationship ended. And that's about as much as the new person needs to know. Well, this was exactly what I was going to say was, can you tell me if you have ever talked about an ex to a new partner? Only in just like general specifics. Like, I feel like what you're talking about is like struggling with this idea of like, how do I talk about this like really intense relationship I had for a long time and it's come to an end. Like, how do I reckon with that? I actually have a similar question that gets asked to me a lot that I have always no idea how to answer, which is, why haven't you been with anyone yet? Or like, why why haven't you settled down? Or why haven't you found the one? Or why why am I just meeting you now? And it's, it's hard for me to get into. I feel so embarrassed by it because like, well, you know, I had systemic depression and I wasted my 20s and blah, like it gets into some really dark territory really super quickly. I'm like, I don't really want to do this on a first or second date and unload all of my mental baggage onto this person. I know you always want to ask, like, how anecdotally are you asking that question? Yeah. Like, with what intensity are you asking that question? Because I have the same like banner that flashes across my mind when I get asked a similar question, which is like, well, I gave my 20s to a marriage that I worked really, really hard on and couldn't ultimately deliver on the vows that I promised to deliver. And then I gave my 30s to a man who was busy giving himself to other people. And that's why we're here. And that's why I'm here. And how's your like carrot those, cake? It looks great. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's like, it's one of those moments where, you know, what you see in those movies where the actor goes down this whole thought path mm-hmm. of like what he would say and this whole it's like the same thing. It's like that whole narrative comes into my mind. And then I'm like, oh, you know me, I was focused on my career and, mm-hmm. you know, travel. And you're like, in the meantime, I was in Shawshank and just got out. I was in relationship Shawshank. I spooned my way out. I like don't know what to say. Like, I don't know what to say. Right. So we we did get a lot of questions for the Mm -hmm. fishbowl. We had to. It was so hard to ask a question this week because it was really like, what would we possibly ask with such short notice? So we dug through the fishbowl for questions about 
exes and relationships. So we apologize in advance if the preamble to this episode is a little bit different than the than the questions in the fishbowl. But mm-hmm. you know what? We don't know what we're doing. We're unqualified entirely. So suck it. To that end, let me scrub the fishbowl here. I'll just take my own keys. I haven't put them over here. It's weird when you put your keys in and have to immediately take them out. Like, it's weird. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's just habit. I'm worried habit. about you. I'm just worried about you. Jen, this is question number one that I've just picked out. Uh, is it bad to talk about your ex in a new relationship? I think it matters how you scope it. I, I think that sometimes people don't recognize that it says a lot more about you. Uh, like what you say is a judgment on you, not the other person. I think people, especially young people, forget that. When they just rail on someone else, what they don't recognize is that we're just judging their character, not the character of the person that they're talking about. Mm-hmm. I think talking about an ex in a new relationship is like nudity in film. It has to have a structured purpose. Mm-hmm. It can't just be like, I'm naked for the sake of the plot point. You can't just talk about an ex for the sake of the, you know, something to talk about. It has to, it has to lead you somewhere. You have to have a goal with it. Like, why are you sharing this information yeah, should always like, be the question that you're asking. I will say this is the quickest way to also throw up a red flag for me on a date. Um, especially if it's like, I'm going to tell you about my history with like every ex I've ever had. And oh, look at that. It's, it was always their fault. <laughs> and that is always like, oh, exactly. this is really interesting. Like, I'm not saying that every, <laughs> it couldn't have been true that a couple of these were like, yeah, just dirt bags. But at a certain point when it's like, it was always them doing this thing. It's always them doing this thing. And it's the list of, and it's just a list of people. Then it's like, I feel there's maybe not the whole story. Yeah, being how told much to situational, me. Mm-hmm. how much situational awareness do you have about yourself? Right? Yeah, no, yeah. it is. It is a, for as much as I don't think you should talk about it, especially right in the beginning. I am a fan of what it reveals about the person. Right? Sure. How much do they accept? Like when I look back now on the people I've dated based on how they've talked about their exes. Red flags. <laughs> red flags. Uh, red flags. Yeah. This is the hard thing with the little to no context. But I mean, like the question says, is it bad to talk about your ex in a new relationship? I mean, the quick answer is no. And the longer answer is yes, if that's the only thing you're focusing on within the new relationship. Yeah, well said. Okay. So at what point in dating someone new should I share what happened with me and my ex? Well, Jen, you know. A a person that's already decided that they're going to share. So there's there's a person who's not suffering with Mm. the same affliction as the person asking that last question. You know what? Isn't that the whole theme of this episode? Like at what point should you share what happened with an ex? And to what detail and to what avail and to what purpose i don't know i don't know i let's, i really let's, let's create a rubric together here let's create a rubric together here what <laughs> if if how this, do you know you're what? in your late 30s because you're going to create a rubric for it that's right here's my binder of all of my cited materials yeah i don't i don't know what is your answer to this i i keep coming back to the same same answer unfortunately i'm going to sound like a complete broken record in this entire episode but i feel like it has to be a somewhat natural progression hard stop and be like let me tell you about my ex here's all the stuff that i need to tell you about i feel this comes off as weird if the person asks though like how did your last relationship end i think being truthful and open about that is something that should be encouraged but i think 
and this is such a human thing to do and i would do the same thing it's so easy to get into a bitch session about like a failed relationship and it's mm-hmm. like i'm gonna lose all the things i hated and this is all the stuff that i was upset by and now i'm gonna throw that onto you because you're now my uh, emotional support plushie that i get to sleep on here tonight i think you just have to be careful with it it's like i would say when it comes up in the relationship and if it doesn't and you're not compelled to talk about it then who cares you're under no obligation to do so yeah, I mean, I always think it's a good thing to to wait until you're asked, right? Wait until you're asked. Do it after you're married. Um, That's when I would do it. <laughs> well, this is this is another point I had. Can you get all the way in and through a new relationship and never talk about the ex? Mm-hmm. Can you never talk about it? And then wouldn't you be surprised that they're like, oh, yeah, no, I've dated three men. They all died under mysterious circumstances. So have your You're wine, like, oh, honey. This is information. <laughs> yeah. This is information that I think will, would have been useful to me beforehand, right? So there's like some extreme dateline related examples to that that I think matter. Um, but I, I also oh, you're, think... Oh, you're, uh, <laughs> your nickname is the Old Dowager. Oh, I should have really known about right. this. You live in Green River. Any relation to the Green River Killer? <laughs> But I think you it, it is a it is a thing that does reveal something about the other person. But you're I like what you said about how quickly it can become a bitch fest because mm-hmm. we do know that through so, social psychology, we do have a tendency to build relationships with people based on shared misery. Right. And that's always been something that I think we don't spend enough time trying to cognitively avoid, right? Which is two people that are kind of broken by their last relationship that become codependent on one another because the thing that they most share in common is how they've been wronged by a partner, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? Like that's a recipe for such disaster, such disaster. But it also on a character building piece, it reveals a lot about a person, about how they think about someone that they love, especially if you're dating someone who has kids and they're like, oh, my ex-wife is a bitch and I wish she'd die. And you're like, wow, well, you did have kids with that woman. So yeah. yikes. Right. Like it is really revealing about how they view people once a relationship is over. Right. Once love is lost. Right. Do they continue to uphold a candle? Because I've you know me, Kyle, I've never believed that you can love someone and then all of a sudden stop. Right. I think you have to learn to accept them as a teacher. But you always you always hold a sense of love for that person. Right. You love them once. I think you love them forever. It's just a different kind of love. Right. You can send your hate mail directly to our email address. That's what next week's episode is going to be all about. It's going to be, no. All right. Well, here's here's question number three, Jen. My partner talks about her ex all the time. She talks about the good and the bad. And sometimes I feel she's starting to make a comparison between us. Is she over him? What should I do? Well, this is always the thing. Like, right? Like experts say, someone who talks about an ex all the time, for the other partner, it will be easy for them to build a mental comparison of the two in their mind. This is, I think this is what we're all fearing, right? Is is someone saying like, why do you talk about your ex all the time? Right? Yeah. Why do you talk about yeah. your ex all the time? I think this is the thing that we very much fear is that we're in a relationship and we've drug all of our baggage from the old to the new, right? We haven't paused, rebooted and taken a big deep breath and and started a new relationship under the sort of the the realization or the or the knowledge that this is a this is an opportunity for a fresh start. I do think that when someone talks about an ex all the time, they're not ready. They're not I I would agree with this person's assessment. He or she, they don't say. But if she's talking about an ex all the time, and it's just like a constant topic of conversation. She's probably not ready for a new relationship. And I would, I would take your leave, sir, mm-hmm. ma'am. This is so similar to basically any comment thread that I find on the internet that starts with, it's like, I don't really care about this thing, but, and then novel of a <laughs> diatribe that they go on. Oh, yeah. It's like, 
Well, if you didn't really care about it, you wouldn't have even commented on this post in the first place. Yeah. So obviously you do care about this thing if you have that much to actually write about it. And it's the same thing in in this way where it's like you say that you're over this person or that you don't you're not interested in pursuing them anymore, or that you're totally into me. But like this is 70 percent of our conversations revolve around you telling me stories about your ex. That's a problem. And yes, what you have top of mind is what you're focusing on. Yeah, that's sympathy. Uh, yeah, I totally, I totally agree with that. I, speaking of sympathy, I do have some sympathy for people who like maybe it was their first love and they were in a relationship for a long time and it's their only relationship that they can draw on. So when they talk about like, oh, this one time I dated this person or whatever, those that's the only pool they have to draw on to share stories of a, if if they've only really like seen the world and experienced life with that person, uh, it gets really hard. But at the same time, you got to check yourself and you can tell stories about your experience, mm -hmm. experiencing something. It doesn't always have to be about the partner. So yeah, I don't, big red flag there. I'd be looking to take my leave. <laughs> okay. So next question is, my boyfriend gets angry at me when I ask questions about his ex and that he said I reminded him of their past memories. Is it possible that he is not over her yet and still loves her? Well, I want to be clear that I don't want to give a different answer when it's a woman talking about a man and a man talking about a woman, which was what which really is what we've been presented here with. Mm -hmm. But I do think that if if someone doesn't want to talk about their ex, that should be a pretty respectable boundary, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, I think a, I think with women there's such a natural tendency to compete, right? Like I'll I'll just be the first to admit. I want to know this is so terrible. I want to know if I am thinner or fatter than the last person they dated. Like, I want to know. I want to know. Where do I stack? Like, am I prettier? Am I taller? Am I shorter? And it's really like, I'll, I'll press it a little bit. I'll be like, mm, yeah, is she tall? Does she look like me? Like, I'll, I'll press it a little bit. Or I'll look for, like, women want to compete. They want to look for opportunities where they're better or worse than the than the next partner because they want to know that they're part of a positive iteration right yeah i mean okay this is when people send hate mail to me because what you just said is so completely psychotic to me <laughs> <laughs> just like what like a couple extra inches taller it's like well then of course you picked the right person to be with now no it's not about <laughs> that it's just about no, like you have to imagine like for me like i just if He's like, oh, yeah, I, the person I dated before you was, you know, a, a Victoria's Secret model. I'm like, oh, we'll be having sex with the lights off. Mm. Like, it's just there's just a natural response to it. But you also kind of want to know, like, like where and I will acknowledge that no man has ever been like, tell me what your last partner looked right. like. Like, never. But I think I've asked it in everything I've I've had is 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 every little fling I've had. I've been like, you know, tell me about the person before me the only Tell time it would be weird me. for me is if like we both had the same first name <laughs> i'd be like oh that's a really weird coincidence um here's the thing that i'm going to answer with this question i'm also trying desperately to be consistent while answering this i well i don't think that anyone needs to be like grilled as as far as like their past relationships go i do think it is relevant to be to ask the question at some point like why was there a breakup in the first place or why did you break up with the person right was there infidelity was was it that we just decided like we were better as friends was it we decided we were better as separate people whatever it is i think that that's important information to know about kind of going back to that same thing it's like oh 
So your past three relationships have ended in death. I know that gets super macabre, but it's like, okay, there is what is going on <laughs> with, with with that. Yeah, I'm, but I think you have to be, and I'll just kind of like, I'm so seeing this question through my own lens because, as you know, I'm struggling, mm-hmm. I'm struggling, I'm struggling. If you push it and push it and push it, you will break it. Oh yeah, right. It oh, yeah. only has so much resilience, right? Like, so if I'm, let's say I'm I'm with this person and they say to me like, oh, tell me how your last relationship ended, and I'm like, oh grew apart and they push it and then i say like oh there was infidelity and they say like well what like what happened and you're like well he was he was not faithful and it was really hard on me and i had several rounds of forgiveness and Mm. yet the behavior continued you know right then i'm revealing myself to be someone who doesn't have strong character right and judging myself and then they continue to push like well what, what really happened like did you find out about it and why did you forgive them they push it then all of a sudden, what will I guarantee what will happen is I'll, I will look at them and I will utter these words. Well, there was a pretty dynamic moment where my partner had to have major surgery and he had this major surgery. And then when I brought him home from the hospital, it was revealed to me that he had been dating someone else for months. And I had to continue to wipe his ass as he recovered for six weeks while he, you know, made no apologies for his behavior. And that's humiliating. And now I don't want to date you anymore. Mm. Right. So you push and you push and you push and you will break. Yeah. No, I mean, I <laughs> I mean, that's something that we've talked about here on the on the podcast before. I'm always of the opinion that that reveals more about your 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 kindness as a person than it does is your 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 being manipulated in any type of way. But regardless, we won't go down that road again, Jan. I know Kyle's always so kind, but I like I don't know. I think that that's humiliating to me. I think it's humiliating to me. And I think it reveals that I don't have the moral scruples to 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 leave a relationship that's toxic and that I'm too forgiving and and that I'm that I don't that I'll tolerate being treated poorly. The very same three things that I don't want a partner to ever associate with me. Mm-hmm. I want them to know, oh, my God, if I don't treat this person with respect, she's gone. I will see the chalk outline, the dust outline of her leaving. Yeah. And, and, and so you, you get yourself, but you push and you push and you push and you better be prepared for what you get. Yeah. Especially for people who are trying really hard to keep all that rawness buried down. Yeah. I I agree with that point about pushing too much can cause the relationship to, to fail just because you keep going at it. Something that they do not want to share. So you I feel like you just have to balance that, right? It's like, you don't need to be pushy in this situation at the same time. You have to balance that with evasiveness, right? It's like, if it's something that they never want to talk about or they seem to get like really super angry or something anytime it comes up i feel like that is a bit of a red flag if it's like i won't talk about this at all not one word am i going to utter about my previous relationships well then you're at home at 3 a.m googling that person yeah like name plus partner like you're like oh my god what really happened it almost creates a salaciousness then that you don't want right (laughs) that's right i wish i had the courage to lie like they died (laughs) <laughs> they die by my hand well no like i just wish i had the courage to lie but i don't because you know it always comes out <laughs> you know the truth shall set you free and you cover that with a lie uh so a new question here whenever i share my past with my girlfriend she gets upset if i don't give her a name of the girl and details of what happened in our previous relationship and she and the questions she asks are rarely related to what we're discussing why does she do this um this is a crazy thing. So remember how I was talking before about how I want to know mm-hmm. some information just so I kind of just so I can kind of know where I fit mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the in the relationship adventures of this person that I'm with. This is clearly a person that doesn't know where that line is. 
and they're just going to take it until it's crazy and someone's asking a question on a podcast with two unqualified people to try to weigh in on why this is happening. This is a question about self-esteem, no doubt about it, Mm -hmm. right? They want to know what's going on. They want to know where they stack in a new relationship. They want to know if they should feel nervous or threatened or worried or self-congratulatory about where they fit in the adventures of a new relationship. And this is a red flag. This is this reveals a lot about the character and the readiness of someone to stand alone as your current partner uh, versus someone who's, you know, in an ecosystem of women that you've that you've dated. I feel like, yikes, this is such such a red flag, such a red flag. Kyle, how long would you let this behavior go on if this was you? Once or twice, maybe at at the most. (laughs) Because it would feel like an interrogation. I was about to bring up the fact that what this feels like is this essentially like an extension of that shit test that some people think that they have to put a new relationship through. It's like, I'm going to pretend to be angry about something or I'm going to whatever, make up a story and see how they react. I'm going to judge them on how they react to this to test their character. And this is very similar to this, which is you keep um, bringing up these same questions and about unrelated matters. And that gets kind of tiring after a while when you feel like you are talking to a prison guard and you're the prisoner. Yeah. What interests me in this question is that she's asking questions that are rarely related to what they're discussing. So if they're trying to get to know one another and they're like, out, let's say they're mini golfing and they're like, how is the sex with your last girlfriend compared to me? I'd be like, bye. I've got a par three and I am going to go to the car. That's what I'm going to (laughs) do. That's right. That's right. I'm going to go to the bathroom and you're never going to see me again. Uh, this state has been sponsored by Uber. What I'm, yeah, like I just, like you you see that rather than rather than following the natural progression of building something new, you're fascinated with something old. Yeah. Right? How you got to that point. You, I, what I'm interested to know about this question is, are they asking all of these things about an ex because they want this person to ask about their ex? Mm. Right? They're doing it as a lead in. But I can't, I don't know how much I would tolerate, like if we're talking about you know, if it's Christmas time and we're talking about going for a Christmas tree and they're like, you know, how often did you fight? Did you guys fight a lot? I'd be like, we're buying a Christmas tree. Like, pay attention. So this actually pay good, attention. Just to, to, to break into this question here for a moment. That's something that I don't think we asked each other here this episode. Like, how much are you personally asking Jesus about his previous relationships? Um, How much do you care, I guess, is the better question like i i care because i'm old now kyle so i've got to kind of know what am i getting into right and i do is there anyone in your past is going to slice my tires yeah exactly is there anything i should be worried about no i mean i i have asked i've said like have you you know have you dated a lot of women have you you know what brought you to this point i mean when you meet a person who is single as we're like 38 39 40 like when you're single there's obviously usually a reason and sometimes the reason is i've been focused on my career sometimes the reason is like you know i'm i'm you know in, in jesus's case he's divorced and so he like me you know gave it a go and it didn't work out. So it's na- it's it's very unusual for divorced people to just go, oh, you're divorced. End of Silence. conversation. <laughs> exactly. It's It reminds me of that scene from The Office where Dwight Schrute says to Angela, oh, no, Angela says to Dwight, I heard the funniest joke today. And Dwight says, I'm so happy for you. Like, you just don't <laughs> skirt over it. Divorced people inevitably have to have this veneer of what happened. Mm-hmm. What happened? 
and usually usually you get it down to one or two lines. The problem is for me, I I'm struggling to get it down to one or two lines. I'm lying. I'm like, oh, you know. And they're like, no, I don't know. That's why I'm asking. Not to cause drama, but I, I have noticed him hanging around a lot with Mary Magdalene. <laughs> Ill repute. If I wonder you know if I'll I mean. ever. I wonder if we'll ever reveal his real name on this podcast. Oh, he'll probably listen to this I like, and go, I like Jesus we're going to figure out it's me. Yeah. And he does look strikingly like Jesus. It is kind of uncanny. Well, of course, like the modern yeah, day depiction white of Jesus. Jesus. He's not Middle Eastern. Yeah. So let's be clear. Yeah. The, the Coca-Cola version of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Okay. Any other questions? Yeah, here, well, let's do a final one here. Um, should you tell the truth when someone asks you why you broke up with them? What are some situations where it would be appropriate to tell the truth? What are some situations where it wouldn't? Girl, if I knew the answer to that, this wouldn't be the topic of our podcast this week. So pass, Kyle. What's the answer? What do I do here? <laughs> Sorry, I'm maybe misreading this. Is it like you've broken up with someone and they're asking why you broke up with them or in a new relationship? In a new relationship. Okay, 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 okay. I mean, <laughs> this, is a, this is a tough one. This is a good question. I don't see why the vast majority of the times you cannot lead with the truth, meaning like they were unfaithful, they were cheating, they were whatever. Th- that kind of like generalized answer for at the very beginning, if this is a new relationship. The only times I can think of if, it, if there's an appropriate time to lie is like you're in witness protection <laughs> or... <laughs> Who is goes into witness protection and is and listening dates? to this podcast? <laughs> like what cross section of the population is that someone who's like, oh, I identify with this podcast because I'm currently in witness protection and dating. Like if that's you, you got to be on this podcast. My name is worry, Devin we'll Casey. I do look like the famous actor, but I swear to you, I am not. And <laughs> I don't know. I, I can't even think of a situation where I legitimately think it's like, oh, you should straight up lie about how, to, how your last relationship ended. I don't know. Unless you have something that is like so top but of you're mind. Thinking about you're thinking about the difference between like a bald faced lie mm. and a bluff out, which is also kind of technically a lie, right? right? A lie of omission is still a lie, right? Like that's why I said to you, I feel like I'm lying because in the one like a lie would be like, oh, he won America's Got Talent and went on to Vegas. Like, that's a lie. Like, that's a bald face lie. Like, none of those things happen. The other side of saying like, oh, we, you know, we grew apart and we wanted different things. That's such a lie. Like, because really, like the thing, <laughs> we wanted different things. He wanted to bang other people and I wanted him just to bang me. Like, like that's like, it's such a lie. It's a lie, right? Yeah, because it's a lie of omission. That totally reminds me, Carrie Fisher. Carrie Fisher was on a late night talk show and it's one of my all time favorite quips about her, talking about her, her autobiography, of course, and talking about being yes. raised and her, her father was Eddie Fisher, right? Yeah. Her father's Eddie Fisher yeah. who left her mother to go and be with them. Um, Elizabeth Taylor. My father was a man named Eddie Fisher, and uh, he they were best friends with uh, Elizabeth Taylor and her husband at the time, Mike Todd. Mike Todd tragically, tragically passed died. away yeah. in a plane accident, and my father consoled Elizabeth with his penis. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I always love that. It's like, she probably didn't need to be as bold as that. She could have probably just said, it's like, yeah, my, you know, my dad was a dirtbag and left me, but maybe throw in a joke. 
character in there if you want to. Yeah, Be like Carrie not? Fisher. Maybe that's, yeah, maybe that's my solution. I don't know how to make that tragedy funny, but leave it with me. Mm-hmm. Leave it with me. You know, this last question in the fishbowl reminds me a lot around what what article we picked out today mm-hmm. for the unqualified advice section. This was the article that we picked out. So there's a life coach by the name of Chris Ratcliffe, which you know, you know my thoughts on life coaches, mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. we're already off to the races, Kyle. He wrote a blog post called Six Ways Your Truth Will Set You Free. And he says in the article that we're not truly our authentic selves unless we really do let it all hang out. So he would be of the belief that, you know, Jennifer, if you really think that there's something here with Jesus, not the not the magical being from the Bible, but the, this man that I'm interested in, um, you you have to tell the truth. You have to tell the truth. So specifically, he writes this. As I've written before, honesty and openness are oxygen for authenticity to thrive. As social animals, it is our natural inclination to share our experience with others. When we deny our feelings, bottle up our emotions, and remain silent about our experiences, we lose our way. But as long as you stay true to you and remain committed to being open, no matter how painful or difficult it might be, you will be auspiciously authentic and gratifyingly genuine you will then reveal the joy that comes from just being you. So he would say, Jennifer, you, your instincts are right. You will be, you will be denied mm-hmm. so long as you are not authentic and open. So this is the thing about radical honesty. Like if we yeah. look at this, so like, I feel like in theory, this is good advice. Like in theory, this is good advice. But through the practical application of the example we're giving today, which is being in a new relationship and still having the demons of the past, is this still good advice? Here's what I have to say about this, because I am actually a big proponent of radical candor and radical honesty, and especially with friends, where I stopped doing this thing a few years ago. If people ask me, like, how's it going, that I actually answer them truthfully instead of being like, it's fine, it's good, and shielding that information. And I did find that there was deeper connections I started to make with friends because it's like, I'm not going to bs in my answer to you here so if i feel shitty i'm going to tell you that i feel shitty today and we're going to have a conversation around that probably as you should yes as you should on the flip side of this i think that certain times people can use that radical honesty as a cudgel to be like oh aren't i so open and so in touch with my emotions when the people you're doing that with are not prepared for you to unload that baggage on top of them i think there needs to be that trust there so in a very brand new relationship i personally think this is bad advice i think you have to test the waters and start to build that connection with people until you feel like hey this is something i want to pursue or want to continue and now i'm going to start to reveal more information here to you just like I'm not going to unload at the person at the 7-Eleven when they ask me, how's your day going? I'm not going to be like, let me <laughs> yeah. tell you this. Here's, her, here's yeah, some bullshit. Like, they're not asking right? they're genuinely. They're not asking you that question. But if a friend asks me, I'm going to. So in a new relationship, I think it's okay to be like, this is how my last relationship ended, surface level. And then as that continues, you can be like, let me give some more context and some more information to you because now I feel confident and I feel safe with you rather than you being able to use that as a weapon on me later or... For it to feel like I am just using you as like free therapy. That's well said. And this is why Kyle is so lovable. Mm-hmm. Honestly, just to wrap it back to the top of this episode. This is <laughs> why this is why you will be... I cannot find anyone that will last longer no, than five no, weeks. No, <laughs> I think you've I think you've cracked it. I think you've cracked it. You've you you see me nodding. Mm-hmm. You've cracked it because you are exactly right. If there's not the 
if there's not the institutional trust there, right? If there's not the, that, that feeling that you can lean onto this and it's a safe place for you to lean on, then it's, it's not a fruitful effort. Mm-hmm. It's not a fruitful effort. It's just you being vulnerable in, a, in an ecosystem, in an environment that isn't ready for you to be vulnerable. Yeah. I think you've cracked it, Kyle. Yeah, I, mean, it, I think you've cracked it. Well, well great. Yeah, you can send your checks to... I, I, <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, as you, we know, Jen, you and I are completely unqualified to host this podcast, but there's ways that you can continue to follow up with us so we can continue this conversation going. So whether you agree, completely disagree... Or like, well, I guess, I, I don't know. Or moderately agree. You can hit us up on our socials. So, over on Twitter, we are at SomebodyDate. Over on Facebook, we are at SomebodyDateJK. And uh, you can always go to our website, which is SomebodyDateJenAndKyle.com. That's Jen with two N's. That is where you're going to see the fishbowl question and also the question of the week that you can add into so that we have future content to have on this podcast. Absolutely. Submit your questions to the fishbowl, answer our question of the week. And even if it's not on topic, just ask a question. We'll find a way to answer it. We promise. What is we love? Promise. We're here for you. <laughs> what is love? Thank you for joining us on this Friday. Thank you for being with us for whatever this was this week. We'll see you again next Friday. Stay safe out there. Bye. Bye.